Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All okay. righty, here we go. Okay. We are absolutely packed today. On a Monday, it's great to have you in. Week four is in the books in the NFL. Mike Guido here with you. This is Guido's Gridiron Blitz on the Landry Football Network. I'm Mike Guido. It's great to have you in. As you can see, we have a a new face joining us today, uh, today here this week. Starting off the second week of the show uh, with nine-year NFL veteran Denard Walker. Denard, I, uh, Denard, I r- appreciate you joining me, man. We're... We'll be spending the entire hour together. Hopefully the the technical issues maybe subside a little bit, but I appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on. It looks like we're running with a bit of a delay here, but uh, we'll we'll try to get some we'll try to get Denard Walker in here, um, uh, up and running uh, as soon as we possibly uh, as soon as we possibly can. We're going to be getting thoughts from Denard uh, going forward in this show today. We do want to begin. Uh, obviously, Sunday night football was last night. The Eagles took a win uh, from the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco, twenty five to twenty. Um, and uh, listen, hey, I, thanks for having me, Mike, man. Hey, let's let's just work through this time. So hopefully everything goes smooth. <laughs> yeah, we're seeing we're we're seeing a bit of a delay here with Denard Walker. So we'll 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 figure out what's uh, uh, what's happening there. So the Eagles uh, over the 49ers, 25 to 20 uh, Eagles get their first win of the season. Obviously, that's absolutely massive. But. Here's what last night showed me, and I want to see if Denard agrees with this. Um, Listen, last night showed me that the favorite to win the NFC East is the Philadelphia Eagles. As poorly as they've played in the first three weeks of the season, and they were not amazing last night, but these are the games where I am not convinced that the Cowboys can win. Right? Like, these are... I want to throw this out there because we know that the NFC East is going to be between the Eagles and the Cowboys, and that's just about it. it the Giants and the Redskins have absolutely no shot, or my apologies, the, the Washington football team, as they're now called. Uh, but Washington and the Giants have no shot. It, it <laughs> Neither one of those teams are winning the division. So we know it's going to be between Philadelphia and Dallas, and Dallas so far this season has shown zero ability to win games like that. Okay, Dallas should be 0-4 today. Dallas should be 0-4. Uh, like, that, they gave up 31 points in the first half to the Browns. <laughs> okay, like, and listen, everything in Cleveland could be rolling. But 31 points at halftime, I mean, the Browns have not scored that, much, that many points at halftime since they rejoined the NFL in 1999. It's just, it doesn't happen. The Eagles go into San Francisco yesterday and take a win out of the 49ers out of San Francisco. Now I get, and and again, this is, this is the, the, the big caveat, right? Where, Oh, it was Nick Mullins starting instead of Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't care. Okay. I, I have Kyle Shanahan on the sideline. He can make quarterbacks work. Okay. Nick Mullins has proven that he can be a very capable backup in this league. 
Okay, and let's not pretend like the 49ers or uh, the 49ers were the only team with limitations. Okay, who who were who caught a pass yesterday for the Eagles? Like uh, that's an honest question. Like who caught a pass for the Eagles yesterday? Okay, Travis Fulgham. Trav, uh, I'm not even sure if I'm getting his name right. He caught a pass yesterday. Might be a very talented player. I've never heard of him before yesterday. That's who Carson Wentz is working with at wide receiver. This is why I take Carson Wentz over Dak Prescott. Because not everything has to go perfect for the Eagles to win football games. But everything has to go perfect in order for the Dallas Cowboys to win football games. Denard, I want to get your thoughts on this because, listen, people think I'm talking way out of left field on this. I don't think I'm way off the mark. But to me, the Eagles look like the favorite in the NFC East. What do you think? Looks like we're having trouble here. I'm sure Denard's got some good stuff to say. We're just, <laughs> I guess we're we're having trouble hearing him right now. Um, but yes, uh, listen. I, in my eyes, again, e- Eagles are are the cream of the crop here. The uh, I and again it, it, by cream of the crop, I mean they <laughs> they're 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 the kings of a division that barely deserves a playoff spot, an automatic bid. Honestly, it, it really does blow my mind. So again, you know, we're, we'll try to get these technical difficulties uh, up and rolling. We had tested this a couple of days ago and it was working pretty okay. Uh, seems to be that we're having a little bit of trouble now, but um, as far as that's concerned, okay. And people are going to look at me and they're going to say, oh, listen, Carson Wentz was, you know, he was 18 for 28 and, you know, 193 yards, you know, he threw an interception in the game, only had one touchdown. I'm like, listen, I I understand that Carson Wentz has had a, a tough start to the year. You don't have to convince me of that. He's had a tough start. He's had a tough start to, uh, start to the year. But why is it that we uh, why is it that we keep making excuses so for that? after four games and the uh, first victory, now you're going to christen these guys to win the nfc now and let me tell you something it's still early on in the season so anything can happen i promise you right now this is just what we call the first phase in the national football league the first four games of the season nobody's out of it right now mathematically everybody still has a chance let me tell you something now. Okay. Yeah, it looks like we're having a little bit of trouble here with Denard Walker. Well, we might have to, might have oh, to, no, we might have to <laughs> figure out something uh, that we can do here uh, because it seems like the delay is just something that we can't overcome today for some reason. I have, I have no idea why, <laughs> why, you know, this is, uh, you know, as, as much of a struggle as it is, I'm sure it's, uh, something that neither one of us could control at this point, but, uh, we really are having trouble trying to get Denard Walker in here. And again, I do want to, I do want to emphasize this. Okay. Uh, Denard Walker is a guy that you want to listen to. Okay. This is, a nine-year career in the NFL. He had a great NFL career. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm and I'm going to confirm this at some point with him, <laughs> but I do believe that Denard Walker played defensive back in the NFL, was the first player in the NFL to intercept Tom Brady. If I if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I believe that's true, and I think he picked him off twice based on previous conversations that I've talked to, uh, that I've had with him. Uh, but yeah, it just, it feels, it looks like we're having a little bit of technical difficulty. So I do want to apologize for, 
uh, for that personally, uh, this, you know, obviously <laughs> could have, you know, could probably have gone a lot smoother. This is something that, you know, Denard and I have been working on for a couple of days now. And, um, it had worked pretty okay <laughs> over the weekend when we tested it. And it looks like, uh, we're having a little bit of trouble now. Uh, and again, it, I, I'm, I might be seeing something and it, it might be completely different from what, uh, everybody else is seeing. But, uh, as of right now, it just, it looks like it's a, it's, uh, it's a tough connection right now between me and uh, between me and Denard Walker. Uh, the delay is just, it, I, I, the delay is almost like a minute long. It is really, I'm not hearing him until minutes after I ans- uh, asked the question. So we might have to uh, uh, maybe even postpone something like this, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get through. Uh, we'll see what happens today. Um Again, it, Denard Walker is somebody that we are going to have multiple times uh, on this show. It is not going to be a one-time thing. This is going <laughs> to—I I, I fully expect Denard to be here for uh, plenty of shows in the future. I would like to have him on at least once a week uh, just to do a show with me because he's such a valuable voice uh, in uh, as far as uh, capability in the NFL. So uh, we might have to. Um, we might have to postpone these, uh, this, this connection for a little bit. Um, but I appreciate this. Listen, I, I, I uh, you know, it, as far as, you know, cause I did hear him say before, uh, that we are kind of, you know, uh, we're kind of, we're, we're already christening these guys as the, as the, uh, as the NFC East champs. And I understand that it's, you know, I, I mathematically, everybody is still kind of in it. I understand that, you know, it's just, you know, as that I've watched the first four weeks, right? I don't think the Giants or Washington have nearly enough talent to get through the NFC East. I just don't. I don't think that they have the talent. Um, and, and and again, the, the NFC East isn't good, but I don't. Th- the Giants look like one of the three or four worst teams in football. And I think Washington has a long way to go. They don't have any offensive weapons. We don't know if Dwayne Haskins is any good. You know, we're we're still trying to figure out a lot of different things uh, with Washington. But as far as uh, Dallas and Philadelphia, we know they're talented, right? Like the people were going into the season thinking that Dallas had one of the most talented rosters in the entire league. So I think there's a possibility that they can still win the division. The only problem is, you know, that we're seeing now, uh, why is it we watched Cleveland? We watched Dallas against the Browns. We watched Dallas against 31 points at the half. The defense, uh, obviously, their defense is terrible. But again, this is another thing of why I'm so skeptical on Dak. This is another reason why I am so skeptical on Dak Prescott. Because it's just. If everything doesn't go right for the Cowboys, and again, even if, even if I didn't feel this way about Dak, maybe the Cowboys don't win that game yesterday regardless. Because again, giving up 49 points on defense is inexcusable. I'm not denying that. But we can't sit here and give Dak Prescott all of this praise and say he deserves $40 million when everything that went wrong for Carson Wentz yesterday and honestly last season he's going to San Francisco and taking games from the defending NFC champs i mean what are, what are we talking about here okay this is the exact reason and i do wish i got denard's thoughts on this because it just i i i'm it's unfortunate that the delay was so bad on the feed but I mean, I'm, 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 I'm blown away. I am blown away by the fact that we make so many excuses for Dak, but we are so easily jumping off the bandwagon for bandwagon for Carson Wentz. So easy. I mean, we're saying, oh my God, he is just right. Carson Wentz this year, not having a great year. 16.5% 16.5% completion percentage. He leads the league in uh, in interceptions. He's got seven interceptions, right, opposed to only four touchdowns in four games. He's all, They only have one win. I understand. 
I understand why people are jumping off the bandwagon because I get it. The numbers aren't good. And then you look at Dak's numbers, right? Dak threw for 500 yards again yesterday, right? I, I saw the stat earlier, right? I think D- Dak Prescott is on pace right now to throw for what? Like 6,700 yards this season. I mean, that's unheard of. It's too bad that they all come late in the game when the Cowboys are down by multiple possessions and they ju- we just can't get anything to work. Yeah, D- Dak Prescott could <laughs> arguably be the best garbage time quarterback, the best garbage time quarterback in NFL history. Right? I've never seen somebody take advantage of prevent defense like Dak Prescott does. I've never seen it. But in the first three quarters of the game, or not even, in the first half, that can't score points. The Cowboys can't score. They can't consistently keep the ball in the field. First of all, they turn the ball over. Right? First of all, they turn the ball over. Fumbles. Zeke and Dak Prescott both fumbled yesterday. Again. And with that offensive personnel, I don't think there's any excuses to be had. So let's think. Let's think about what actually what this actually means. Let's think about what this actually means. Carson Wentz didn't need everything to go perfect last night. And he won on the road in San Francisco. San Francisco's a good football team. Okay, they're a good backup quarterback or not. That offense knows how to run. They've got first round, they've got high round draft picks at wide receiver. George Kittle's the, I'd make the argument that George Kittle's the best tight end in the league. I mean, George Kittle had 15 catches yesterday. That front seven is nasty. I get that the 49ers are banged up a little bit. But the Eagles found a way to w- found a way to win. Okay, not everything is going to go perfect every single week. You have to find a way to adapt and recover and find ways to win. Carson Wentz does that. That's why I've that listen, that's why I I put Carson Wentz as a top 7 or 8 quarterback in the entire league. I do. And I get that he's having a bad season, but can we stop jumping off this? Can we stop jumping off the boat already? Can we stop with the, I mean, it, it makes no sense. I don't get it. The guy can carry you to the playoffs. He's a talent elevator. There are so few guys in the NFL that legitimately make the guys around them better at quarterback. Patrick Mahomes does it. Russell Wilson does it. Who else can you confidently say? Does Lamar Jackson do it? We think he does, but maybe he doesn't. Right? Lamar Jackson's a really good runner. He's an okay passer, but, you know, does he really make the guys around him better? Maybe. Okay, you know Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger and guys like that, they used to make guys better. And now, given their older their older age, maybe they don't. Rodgers is playing really well this year, so maybe he does. There are so many guys in the league that don't do what Carson Wentz does. Honestly, there are. I, I bet you, if you asked about twenty teams in the NFL, twenty teams in the NFL today, would you trade your quarterback for Carson Wentz? They would say, "Yeah, I would." And then they had asked that same question. Would you trade your quarterback today for Dak Prescott? And they'd say, no, not really. Okay. Maybe if you asked 10 teams in the league, they'd say, oh yeah, give me Dak. Sure. I'll take Dak. But I'm not even sure if it's that many. Because a lot of these teams have young quarterbacks that they just drafted that we have no idea how good they are. They have no idea how good they are, and they have no idea what their future's like, and they want to give those guys a chance, right? You want to honestly ask the Chargers today if they would trade Dak for Justin Herbert. 
I think the Chargers would say, nah, I'm good. Justin Herbert's played three or four NFL games. Like, I'm serious. Ask the Dolphins if they would take Dak. They haven't even seen Tua play. They're like, eh, we're good. That's all I want to say, man. I, I mean, I think some of the logic that we have going on in football is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I hate to break it to people, but this is just like, it's bad judgment. It's bad judgment. Okay, listen, I, I I feel I bring it up on Twitter every single week. I, I bring this up every single week. Okay, because I get there are so many Cowboy fans out there that defend him to the nines. And I understand he's your quarterback and you got to stick up for your quarterback. And I understand that because I'm a Cowboy fan, too. I used to defend Tony Romo like absolute crazy. I thought people gave Tony Romo way too much flack. But now I don't see Tony Romo in Dak Prescott. I see the exact opposite. I see the exact opposite, right? Because Tony Romo was a, you know, the, Tony Romo was actually really good late in games, but he was notorious for, you know, giving up <laughs> for blowing leads and stuff like that, right? Like that was Tony Romo. Dak Prescott's the exact opposite. Dak Prescott will go down 35 to 4 or 38 to 14 like he did yesterday and then all of a sudden turn it into a game when the Browns are giving him slack on defense. Carson Wentz is not going to do that to me. Carson Wentz could have a bad year. What he's doing this year. But the the cardinal principles that we see with with Carson Wentz are still there. He's not going to lose me a football game, right? He's not going to lose me. A, he's going to elevate the talent around him, and he's going to be consistent through four quarters. He's going to win football games that we shouldn't win. The only reason the Cowboys have a win this year is because the Falcons muffed an onside kick. That's the only reason the Cowboys have a win. Other than that, they have no shot. No shot. And I'll be honest with you. The Falcons were blowing the Cowboys out. And then the same thing happened. Prevent defense. Dak comes back, makes it a game. The Falcons make a mistake. And the Cowboys, by some miracle, win on a field goal. That's it. That is it right there. That's it. That's it. They lose to the Rams in Los Angeles. They lose to Seattle. They lose to the Browns yesterday in Dallas. They get blown out by the Browns yesterday in Dallas. When was the last time the Eagles had something like that happen? The Eagles have lost games that they shouldn't have lost. Big deal. Every team does. Do you win games that you shouldn't win? Do you win games when everything that could go wrong does? Dak Prescott doesn't win those games. Carson Wentz does. Okay. Uh, I do want to get into this. So uh, Monday night football is tonight. We've got a doubleheader tonight. Would you look at that, right? We got, what do we have? We got Patriots Chiefs. At 7.05, Chiefs are 11-point favorites. Cam Newton's not playing because he caught the virus. Uh, so I think the Chiefs are going to win that game big. Uh, Falcons and Packers at 8.50. So these games are going to overlap a little bit. Um, but the Packers are favored by 6.5 in Green Bay. So uh, I, I, I want to discuss Patriot, uh, Patriots Chiefs first because this game was supposed to happen yesterday and it's going to happen today because all the players had to get tested again. Uh, good news is, is that we had the, both teams had zero positives uh, going into today. So they're going to play tonight. Uh, the Patriots traveled this morning to Kansas City and we are going to be set for uh, a game between the Patriots and the Chiefs. Now, I do want to bring this up. Now, here's the storyline of the game that I think is most important. Because we all expect Kansas City to win this game. And I think a lot of people expect Kansas City to 
blow out the Patriots tonight. If the Patriots keep it close, because the Patriots, if I'm not mistaken, are starting Brian Hoyer at quarterback tonight. If the Patriots keep it close with the Chiefs, not even win, if they keep it close with the Chiefs, with Brian Hoyer at quarterback, what does that say about Tom Brady? What does that say about Tom Brady? Tom Brady last year was bad. Keep that in mind. Okay, Tom Brady last year was bad. He had a quarterback rating in the bottom quarter of the league. Okay, quarterback rating has become one of the more reliable stats in the NFL. Tom Brady was among the worst last year in that stat. He wasn't accurate. He wasn't mobile. He couldn't throw the ball deep. And we all blamed it on receivers. Oh, God, the receivers in New England are just atrocious. Patriots are two and one. Would you look at that with Cam Newton at quarterback? The guy that nobody wanted. We do understand that, right? I was tough on Cam. I was admittedly tough on Cam. I've been a guy that says, listen, Cam just Cam Newton just doesn't fit what the NFL calls for today, right? And it's not mobile quarterbacks. Mobile quarterbacks are not the new NFL. Okay, the new NFL are guys who are athletic, right? You can't be a statue in the pocket. You have to be able to move a little bit. And you need to be precise throwing the football. Accurate throwers of the football win in the league. Cam Newton didn't do that. Cam Newton was, okay, he's athletic, injury prone, but he was athletic. But before this year, he had played nine years in the NFL. He had complete no, he had completed over 60% of his throws three times. He just he wasn't an accurate thrower. So that that's it right there. I was really tough on Cam. But Cam's making these receivers work. In fact, I actually think it's less receivers. It's Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry and who? At least Tom Brady had Muhammad Sanu last year. Patriots are two and one. We all thought they'd fall off a cliff. This team, oh, without Brady, is going to be a nightmare. That hasn't happened. Now, I fully expect them to go into Kansas City today and lose. I, <laughs> I'm not picking the Patriots to win this game, especially without Cam Newton at quarterback. Right? The Chiefs are fully loaded right now. They got Kelsey. They got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They got Tyree Kill. They got a fully loaded defense. They, the Chiefs are one of the only teams in the NFL where it seems like they don't have anybody hurt. They don't have anybody hurt. They lost Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, their left guard, because he opted out of the season because he's also a doctor. So he wanted to help out with COVID. Okay. Oh, well. They signed Colecchio Semele to replace him, who is a former pro bowler. <laughs> like. Even the guys that are losing, they're replacing with guys that can play. But do we understand, right, that if the Patriots keep this game close, not only does it give massive amounts of credit to Bill Belichick, who, again, maybe doesn't even need the credit. I think most of us understand that he's one of the greatest, if not the greatest coach of all time. But I think it's actually pretty it's it's actually pretty hurtful to Tom Brady. Listen, Tom Brady's having a pretty solid season, right? He's having a pretty Tom Brady's having a pretty solid season in Tampa Bay, and he should be, right? He's in, not in my opinion, but to most people, he's the greatest of all time. He's the greatest of all time, and he's got great offensive personnel, right? Tom Brady this year is completing sixty five percent of his throws. He's throwing for 1,100 yards, about 11 touchdowns and four interceptions. He's thrown four interceptions already. Love how that's the thing I point out. 
right? Not 11 touchdowns or anything like that. 65% completion percentage. Those are good numbers. Four interceptions. Ah! <laughs> That's, again, but listen, Tom Brady's having an okay season in Tampa Bay. He should be. Now, I don't think the offense is exploding like most people thought it would. Right. Oh, Tom Brady's got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and he's got Gronk and OJ Howard. And oh, they got they they signed Leonard Fournette. Oh my goodness, they're gonna be. You know, they're they're good. They're not knocking anybody's socks off, I'll tell you that much. They're all right. Their defense, I think, is just as good as their offense, I'll be honest with you. Their de- uh, the, ta- the Tampa Bay defense is good. It's good. Probably that's uh, Tampa Bay's defense is probably what a top six or top seven defense in the NFL. It's really good. But Bill Belichick can go into Kansas City today, and he can keep it within one possession or something like that against Kansas City with the quarterback that nobody wanted. Isn't that something? Like he could go into Kansas City today and keep it close with the defending Super Bowl champions, with the best quarterback in the NFL, the best overall playmaker in the entire NFL, with guys on offense that have speed, they've got precision, they've got a good offensive line, they added a running game, their defense is better, Seriously, the Chiefs might be better this year than they were last year. And Bill Belichick, with not even with the guy that nobody wanted, with that guy's backup, could go into Kansas City today and keep it close. What does that say about Tom? What does that say about Bill? Doesn't it kind of fit that narrative a little bit. Now, listen, I'm not for, listen, I, I like Tom Brady. Tom Brady to me is number two all time. I, I <laughs> listen, I got no grudge against Tom Brady. No, I think he made a mistake leaving, leaving new England, but let bygones be bygones. I'm telling you, man, that this, this game is going to be very telling about what it actually is with Belichick and what it actually is with Brady. Because again, if the Patriots go three and one, right? And, and not, listen, if they if they win, oh boy, oh god, tomorrow is going to be a nightmare for Brady fans. A nightmare. If the Patriots win, my god, my god, <laughs> can you imagine? Like the cowherd's going to go on the herd tomorrow and say. Huh? What does this say? You know, you know, Joy. He's, he's going to be going nuts. Nick Wright. Oh, all these guys. Stephen A. What does this say about Tom Brady? They're all going to be talking about it. It ain't just me. It ain't just me. But I'll be the guy to bring it up. Come for me to stuff. Uh, you know, with you know, if you want stuff that. Not a lot of people bring up because either they're afraid to or they're afraid of looking stupid. I'll be honest with you. I don't give a crap about looking stupid. Okay. I really don't. Okay. I don't give a crap if I'm wrong. Okay. I, I'm, listen, I'm right a good amount of the time. I'm wrong a good amount of the time. Okay. I, and listen, I am not afraid to admit when I whiff. It's sports. A, there are more important things in life. And B, there is not a single person in the entire world that gets every sports prediction correct. I am more than welcome to being wrong. All I care about is honesty. All I care about is giving you honest opinions. That's it. Honest opinions, honest analysis. I don't give a rat's rear end about being right. I could be wrong about Dak Prescott, and I'll be fine with it, okay? I said yesterday that if the Cowboys paid Dak Prescott uh, an absurd long-term contract. It would be the biggest mistake in franchise history. Okay. If they come back a couple of years from now, they sign them to a long-term de- term deal and they win a Super Bowl. I will eat my hat and I will, I'll eat it on the air. I don't care. I don't care about being wrong. So 
don't be surprised if the world is talking about this tomorrow. If the world is talking about, hmm, the Patriots kept it close with the Chiefs, with Adam Dusseldorf at quarterback. What does that say about Tom? What does that say about Bill? Listen, every game that the Patriots play, and, and, and this is not just against the Chiefs. It's elevated because of the Chiefs, right? Because they're the Super Bowl champions, and, you know, they've, they're the best team in the NFL. The entire league runs through Kansas City right now. Every Patriots game this year without Tom Brady, every single one is going to have something to do with Tom Brady. Tom Brady's not even on the team, but every game the Patriots play is going to have something to do with Tom Brady. It's going to affect our opinion on Tom Brady. Every single one they play. It has so far, right? When the Patriots won... When the Patriots are the the they went they went two for three in the first three weeks. We're all saying, huh? Cool. <laughs> Looks like Bill Belichick can win without Tom Brady. Now again, it's still early. The little snippet we got from Denard Walker, you know, again with the delay and the and the technical difficulties was listen, it's still very early. I shouldn't get ahead of myself and all of those different things. Okay. But I'm not afraid to be wrong. If I'm wrong on this, I'll be the first to admit it. I don't care. I don't care. So now let's move to the other game because uh, this one's going to be interesting too, I think. The Falcons and the Packers, because this is two very high-powered offenses, right? So if if you're looking for a fireworks show, this is going to be the game to watch because, listen, the Packers right now look like a top-five team in the NFL, And I made the argument last week that this actually isn't really a top five team in the NFL or, or not even that they're not a top five team in the league now, but that they won't be later in the year. They are, they're going to eventually come back down to earth because I think their deficiencies will become more prominent late in the year when things get more important. That's uh, I've said that on numerous occasions about the Packers for multiple years, right? Now, I didn't think the Packers were going to make it to the NFC Championship game last year. Excuse me. I was wrong on that. Okay. I didn't think, I thought their deficiencies would end up hitting them more. And it turns out it did because they ended up getting blown, blown out in the NFC Championship game by the 49ers. So, and again, I think most people expected that. I think most people expected for San Francisco to blow out Green Bay last year. But anyway, back to the game. Packers are favored by six and a half. They're in Green Bay. I do fully expect the Packers to win this game because, listen, Atlanta can't do anything but make mistakes. It seems like every single thing that they do is wrong. Every single thing they do, it's totally wrong. Right? We are completely sold that Dan Quinn's not the guy. He's got to go. Right? Defensively, they can't stop anybody. They can't stop anybody. Their offense rolls. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that right now. Julio Julio Jones going to play. Julio Calvin Ridley. Their offense rolls, man. They, they can score points, which is why I'm saying this is going to be a very high octane, high powered fireworks show, offense first type game. This is what it's going to be, and that's cool. Listen, I, I'm all for offense. I think the ratings for this game are going to be fantastic because most people believe that. Most people actually look at, you know, look at the NFL now and they watch the NFL for high-powered offenses, for teams that score points. Right? The Rams are exciting because their offense is cool. The 49ers, the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs are the most exciting team to watch in the NFL because they score a million points. Who's got the best defense in the NFL today? Buffalo? Nobody cared about Buffalo until Josh Allen got any good. And Josh Allen, now that he's playing great, listen, everybody wants to watch Buffalo. Atlanta and Green Bay is going to be a very uh, high-rated game because Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan are going to put up points. They're going to put up points. Now, this is the second straight week for the Packers. Devontae Adams is not playing. Announced this morning. Screws me in fantasy in a couple of different leagues, so thanks a lot. But anyway, Devontae Adams not playing. He's not playing. 
That means, and I don't even think Alan Lazard is playing. What's left for the Packers at wide receiver? So you've got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley on the other side of the football, right? You've got on the other side of the field, you've got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley playing wide receiver for the Falcons. And the lead receiver for the Packers today is going to be a guy with three names, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling. It'll be, I I don't even know. I, I don't, I don't know. I, you know what? In fact, let me look, let me look at the Packers depth chart going into this. So hold please for a second, because I don't even know who they have at wide receiver. Let's take a quick look here. Packers depth chart. Go on here and we'll see. Okay. So here's what they got at wide receiver. Devontae Adams, not playing. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Malik Taylor, and Darius Shepard at wide receiver for the Packers today. Alan Lazard's not playing. Devontae Adams is not playing. They have nothing. Now, they got Aaron Jones in the backfield. That's cool. Tight end. Okay, Mercedes Lewis. Woohoo. Robert Tanyan. Okay. Woo. Josiah DeGuara. Woohoo. No weapons for Aaron. Another example of why the Packers rely on Aaron Rodgers too much. Now, again, I fully expect the Packers to win the game because they're the better football team. They're better coached. They got the better quarterback. I, I think their defense is better. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for the Packers to win this game. But if there is a reason the Packers don't win tonight against Atlanta, it will be because Aaron Rodgers has nobody to throw the ball to. No one. I mean, the Packers have to catch on. Have we have have we realized that quarterbacks in the NFL, especially when they get older, need more help. They need dynamic playmakers on the perimeter. It is just, it's its first grade. It is first grade. Football 101. You need receivers. You need targets. You need guys that can get open and run routes and have good hands. You, you need guys like that. The Packers have won, and he hasn't played in two straight weeks. And outside of Devontae Adams, they got a bunch of undrafted guys, and they got a fifth-round pick. Okay, cool. Aaron Rodgers is not 29 anymore. Okay, Aaron's having a good year this year. He's not nearly as much of a talent elevator as he used to be, period. That's not me hitting. That's not me banging on Aaron. That's me being real with Aaron. He's not a talent elevator anymore. Right? Quarterbacks, when they get older, need wide receivers. Okay? Tom Brady needs wide receivers. Drew Brees has not won a game yet outside of yesterday without Michael Thomas. Right? Ever since Michael Thomas got drafted, Drew Brees, if, if Michael Thomas doesn't play, the Saints lose until yesterday when they beat Detroit. And they beat the Lions. And that should tell you something. And they narrowly beat the Lions. It was it, the Lions were up fourteen nothing early. It should tell you something. Quarterbacks need wideouts. They need wideouts. Period. I'm not trying to be mean. Okay, I'm not trying to be mean. Sometimes my job requires me to be mean. Sorry, but I'm not trying to be. I am just simply trying to be real. If there's any reason the Packers lose today, it is because Aaron Rodgers can't get anybody open. There's nobody to throw to. Okay, their offense becomes one-dimensional because they're going to be running the football way too much. Or if Atlanta gets ahead early, right, because you know that offense is going to score. Matt Ryan and Gurley and 
Julio and Calvin Ridley and Hayden Hurst and guys like that offense is going to score. They're going to score. The Falcons are going to score at least like 25 or so points tonight. We know that like they're going to score three touchdowns at least tonight because that's what the Falcons do offensively. They're very competent. It's just on defense. They can't stop anybody. So if the Packers can't get anybody open and they their offense becomes one-dimensional, they can't run the football forever, right? Especially if they get down early, you can't run the football because you got a lot of catching up to do. You need big chunk yards, and running the ball very rarely ever gets you that. Even with Aaron Jones, who's Aaron Jones is clearly a top 10 or so running back in the league now. You need targets. You need wide receivers. You need it. Okay, teams in the league that don't have dynamic playmakers are not good. They're not good. And it says something about the Packers, and it says something about what Aaron's doing this year. Okay, I've been very impressed. He's had Devontae Adams for the first two games. They've been able to, you know, win football games. Cool. Week three, Devontae Adams doesn't play. Alan Lazard has the game of his life. Okay, cool. This game, you got neither. You got no Lazard. You got no Adams. Who's getting open for you? This is why depth at wide receiver matters. Alan Lazard should be your third or fourth receiver, not your second. Okay? It's that simple. Invest a first or a second round pick on a wide receiver. Okay? In a draft that is loaded at wide receiver. Draft one at any point. Okay, people, listen, Darnell Mooney for the Chicago division rival, right? Darnell Mooney, that young wide receiver, was drafted in what, the fifth round? He's playing great for the Bears. He's easily their number two option. You have no idea what you're going to get out of these wide receivers, especially when the position as a whole is becoming more popular with young people. When it's becoming more popular in college, they're getting better and better and better and better. Okay, seriously. Good wide receivers are becoming so much easier to find. They really are. The Cowboys have three of them. The Cowboys potentially have three number one wide receivers on their whole on their team. That's not by luck. Okay? It's easy to find talented playmakers. The Packers make no effort. They don't invest in the position. They just don't. That's the one position that they don't invest in. They drafted three different offensive linemen. They drafted a running back. They drafted a tight end. They drafted a quarterback. They drafted every position on offense except for wide receiver. We realize that. Seven rounds of NFL draft went by. Okay. All of this, all the free agency went by. They didn't even bother to look at wide receiver. They didn't even bother. They weren't interested. Because Their mentality is, okay, Aaron, go ahead and win us a football game. We're not going to give you any help. Outside of Aaron Jones, we're not going to give you any help, but go win us a football game. Oh, and if one of those guys gets hurt, eh, we're just going to need you to be twice as great. It's never the way to go. It's never the way to go. That's why I give Aaron a lot of credit. I give Aaron Rodgers a lot of credit because – you know, especially at this point in his career, to have any sort of success, he's got to be fantastic. He's got to be. Aaron Rodgers has to be otherworldly in order for the Packers to win games because they don't have any weapons. So, again, see, Aaron and Dak Prescott have the exact opposite problem. Aaron can take nothing receivers and still win games. Dak Prescott has the best receiving core in the NFL and is an onside quick kick away from being 0-4 and probably a bottom five team in the, in the NFL. That's the difference. It's a big difference. <laughs> I, again, I, I think it's I really I think it's so easy. I think it is so easy to see this. It's so easy. So again, <sighs> giving the Packers tonight. Uh, you know, as much as I, as much as I bash them, give me the Packers tonight. Um, 
and give me Kansas City tonight. So I'll take both home teams tonight. Kansas City over New England and the Packers over Atlanta. Okay, uh, really quickly, I want to touch on this because I did get a good amount of heat for this. Uh, it wasn't even necessarily on Twitter or anything like that. I got a lot of people that DM'd me, texted me saying that, you know, take down your tweet. It was stupid. All of those different things. I don't really think that it was. Um, so uh, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth uh, last night were wearing masks in the broadcast booth. And I am not by any means an anti-masker, if that's what they're if that's what people are calling them now. Okay. I'm not that. I, I'm not, I'm I, I'm just I'm not. I'm not that kind of I'm just I'm not. So uh here's the thing though, and I do want to point this out. Uh all I ask for from the media and from people and from government and from everything okay is authenticity is honesty like that's all i want okay i don't want narrative spinning i don't want you know dishonesty i don't want lies i just i get let me make my own decisions on factual information on real things like that's all i want that's all i want i don't want year i don't i don't listen i i don't i don't want to touch the op-ed section i just don't the op-ed section of the newspaper i don't want to touch it i'm done with it because it's just it's nothing but garbage it really is it's nothing but garbage it's not journalism it's 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 people writing a story they might as well be authors seriously they might as well be authors i might as well be an author okay Listen, I, I base my information. I base my takes on factual information. A lot of my stuff is in fact. A lot of my stuff is opinion, right? I base my stuff through fact, through fact. But I don't really call myself a journalist. I call myself a sports radio host. I, I that's what I call myself, a podcast host. I provide commentary. That's my job. All I want is honesty. Okay, with my listeners, all I am is honest. With anything, all I am is honest with my listeners. That's all I want them to give me. It's all I want them to give me is honesty. Realism. You know, nothing fake. Last night in the broadcast booth, and I have, I, re- I want to emphasize this because I don't want this to get spun in any way, shape, or form. I have tremendous, tremendous respect for Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. I have tremendous respect for those guys. Seriously, I think that broadcast team they have at NBC is, I think, one of the best, if not the best team in current NFL football. It is that they do such a great job. They really do. And I'm one of, it seems like I'm one of the very few people that likes Chris Collinsworth. I like him. I think his color commentary is pretty good. I do. And Al Michaels is obviously a legend in my field. He just is. He's a legend. I have so much respect for Al Michaels. And I don't even think that this was their doing. I don't think that they chose to do this. But the mask wearing thing in the booth was a gimmick. It was nothing but a gimmick. It's not authentic. So if we honestly look at that situation, you mean to tell me that coincidentally that the, the broadcasters are going to wear masks in the booth now because they did, they weren't wearing it for the first three weeks, right? Four Sunday night footballs, right? Four Sunday night, uh, Sunday night football uh, broadcasts. The first three weeks, they did not wear masks. They were six feet apart. I mean, normally they're six feet apart, right? Even before the pandemic last year, right? That Their setup doesn't look any different. That's usually how they set up. I think that's right. I'm not crazy for that. That's usually how they set up. It's usually about six feet apart and, you know, they're they're not sitting right, right next to each other. 
They weren't wearing masks or anything like that. No, it wasn't. It wasn't like that. But coincidentally, the same week that some NFL players test positive, right? Some Titans players and Cam Newton and a couple of Minnesota Viking players and and right, like same week that those guys test positive. Oh, all of a sudden the broadcasters got to wear a mask. Right. Al Michaels brought it up a little bit yesterday. He's like, listen, this is the deal that we're in Santa Clara. It's the deal that we're in Santa Clara. I, I'll tell you right now, though, it's not a state thing. It's not a state thing. The first Sunday night football game of the year was in Los Angeles. It was in California. So don't tell me that this is that this has always been the rule. It was never the rule. It was never the rule until yesterday. It was never the rule until players tested positive. I don't care. Listen, I never bought the argument. And again, I I, I know I, I get a lot of heat for this. I get it. Okay. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in, again, trying to shield my opinions because they're unpopular. I'm not interested in that because that would make me inauthentic. And I don't want to be inauthentic. One thing I don't want to be is dishonest and inauthentic. But I never bought the argument that, oh, NFL players and all of these athletes and the broadcast were, uh, broadcasters and the news networks and all of these things, right, when they wear masks on the air in front of the camera, right, like all the reporters in the NBA bubble. The NBA bubble hasn't had a positive test since July 29th, and they still have reporters wearing masks. They're not allowed to leave. They're not allowed to leave the campus. It's crazy. They're not allowed to leave the campus. How are they getting it? It's optics. It's Everybody can figure that out on their own. You don't need me to tell you that. It's so clear optics. And when you, when you call it out for what it is and you say that it's stupid, just like I did yesterday, Right, just like I did yesterday, it was I, I thought I thought the mask thing with with Collinsworth and Al Michaels, the fact that they made them wear masks was stupid, and I think they thought it was stupid. I don't want to speak for them, but I thought they, I think they said it. Their tone, the way that they reacted to it, it felt like they felt that it was stupid too. I mean, it's 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 great. It's it's they say, oh, but they're they're setting an example for the American public. Listen, we've been into this coronavirus thing in the United States for what now? Eight months? Like eight months, nine months, something like that? The people that don't wear masks are still not going to wear them. (laughs) Okay? They're still not going to wear them. The people that do wear masks do. Setting an example for who? We've been at this for nine months. Nine. You think all of a sudden things are going to change? Because the broadcasters on Sunday Night Football are wearing masks? It's not to protect each other. Okay? It's not to protect Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. Listen, if they were wearing masks since week one, I, w- I don't have an argument. Listen, I sh- do I think that they should? It's probably not necessary. Right? Because they probably, I, I would imagine they got to get tested before they go into the stadium. Do I think that they should? No. But if they, listen, if if that's the way that they want to handle it, that's the way they want to handle it. That's fine. You get no argument from me. But it's nothing but a gimmick. And that annoys me. That annoys me. I wish it wasn't that way. I really do. But that's the world we live in today. That's the world we live in. Uh, but it looks like Again, we've got a good week. We had a good week of NFL football in week four. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff on Friday. Uh, we'll try again. I apologize for the technical difficulties with Denard Walker. We're going to try and figure that out. Uh, that out. I really want to get him on the show uh, and get his thoughts on plenty of different things. Uh, but as for that, this has been uh, Guido's Gridiron Blitz right here. Uh, nope, I'm sorry. Right. Here, I got to get used to the camera right here. Uh, I'm Mike Guido. This is the Landry Football Network. We'll see you on Friday. Thanks so much. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.